Welcome to the Do Good Radio Hour with Bluegrass Community Foundation. Here at Bluegrass Community Foundation, we believe doing good inspires good. It's the gift that keeps on giving. The intention behind the show is to encourage you by sharing the undeniable good happening within our community. Tune into the Do Good Radio Hour every Monday at 2 p.m. to hear about the good that is the heartbeat of our community and how you can get more involved. This episode is all about parks and green spaces. And why is that important, you might ask, for Bluegrass Community Foundation to talk about? And that's because parks and green spaces is one of our four pillars here at BGCF that we seek to invest in to help us create more generous, vibrant, equitable, and engaged communities. On this episode, we are going to hear from three awesome ladies who are involved in our parks and green spaces here in Lexington and how investing in them helps create a better community. So I will be quiet so we can hear from them. They are the professionals. So let's get right into it. I'm here with Monica Conrad, the Director of Parks and Recreation here in Lexington. She manages more than 100 parks in Fayette County, so she's an expert, so to speak, on the pivotal role green spaces play in the health of a community. So to start us off, Monica, why don't you describe your involvement with Parks and Rec and your day-to-day? Great. Thanks, Kayton. Um, well, as you mentioned, um, you know, Lexington Parks and Recreation, we provide numerous services to the community, but we also act as these community gathering spaces. Um, as you mentioned, we oversee over 100 parks, 4,500 acres of green space, 62 miles of trail, over 60 playgrounds, cultural arts venues. Um, so lots of different facilities in addition to our green spaces that our community gets to enjoy. We really ensure the quality of these parklands, um, you know, through citizen feedback, uh, acquisition, planning and design, project management, um, and programming. So, you know, day to day can be a little bit of everything um, from figuring out, um, you know, how to acquire more park space um, or uh, being involved in a playground design, um, having a community meeting to get feedback and engagement on a future project. So it's a, it's a wide variety, um, and that's one of the things I love about the job. Yeah, so I'm just curious about this, just thinking about all the different parks that we have. They're so unique and just diverse in their, in their nature. How do you decide your programming? What goes into that? Like, okay, we're going to have this program at this park, or we want this here. How does that work? Yeah, great question. We have, we have a wonderful team of folks who do programming in various aspects, whether that be in athletics, be in golf, aquatics, um, our community center programming, as well as our programming at Artworks in the Pam Miller Downtown Art Center. So some of that is based on um, just traditional programming, whether that be camps, you know, if we do adult uh, golf clinic camps or we do junior golf clinic camps, all of our summer camps, Camp Kearney has always been a popular one. Um, recently, especially with the pandemic, we've seen this huge surge in interest in outdoor concerts. So we know that Moondance was popular. Our programming team um, that's head, headed up by Amber Llewellyn and Jessica Pearsall basically said, look, we need to take this out into the community. So that spurred these concerts at Douglas Park and at Castlewood Park. Um, the same thing with our our Friday Flicks movies, which have been so popular at Jacobson. We've done some of those at Masterson. We're doing one uh, with environmental services, actually this weekend at Shillitoe. 
So I think a lot of that programming is really driven by the community again and listening to the community response need. Um, and so we're, we're always fine tuning those programs and where they occur, but we also want to stay on trend um, and bring new things to the city. Yeah, as the overseer of parks in the community, what role have you seen parks and green spaces have in the health of a community? Which I know you just spoke about the pandemic and all that. I think all of that plays into this conversation. Oh, 100%. You know, I don't, I think we valued our city parks prior to, um, you know, 2020. Um, but I think now we have this understanding that they're much more than just the importance of green space, but they are gathering places, right? They are places for people to actually meet and get out of that isolation and maybe see members of their family in a safe environment outdoors. Um, you know, so I think not only do our, you know, our playgrounds and our trails and our greenways help to keep our community fit and healthy, right? They're out there exercising and enjoying those traditional activities, it's our psychological health, our social health, but in the park world, we know that 20 minutes a day outside really strengthens uh, our immune system. It reduces stress. Um, and so I think throughout the pandemic, we've really relied on that of, hey, folks, get outdoors, enjoy your, enjoy your green spaces and your public parks um, because they're so important to our health. But I also think, you know, when we're talking about the health of the community, it's also about strengthening the neighborhood. You know, when we look at these small neighborhood parks that, you know, people can come together in that space, it makes that neighborhood better. Um, it brings neighbors together. So I think parks play a huge role in many aspects of our community health. Yeah. So obviously, I'm speaking on behalf of Bluegrass Community Foundation, and green spaces are a pillar that we seek to invest in to nurture our community. So why should an organization like BGCF be involved in the expansion and preservation of parks? Why should people see that on our website and be like, why is that important for them to, you know, invest in? Great question. And, you know, uh, Bluegrass Community Foundation has been such a wonderful partner to Lexington Parks and Recreation, as well as the whole community. Lisa Atkins is a consummate advocate of our programs and our parks and is always, um, really reaching out and saying, hey, have you seen this? And it may be a wild idea from, you know, um, the Netherlands, or it may be a, you know, playground in Houston. And I love that, right? Always challenging us to really think outside the box. Um, but I think, you know, the Community Foundation's involvement really speaks to its mission. Um, you know, the BGCF mission to create this generous, vibrant, and engaged communities is really in line with the parks and recreation mission, which is, you know, to build community and enrich life uh, through parks, programs, and play. So we're very similar in that respect. Um, I think, again, we work to strengthen those neighborhoods, build the community, and engage our community in bettering these public spaces. Um, we, we simply can't do it on our own. And Bluegrass Community Foundation has been great about bringing donors who are like-minded to our park, um, to our park spaces, and trying to figure out ways where we can have more investment into our community. Yeah, you said that so well. And so, speaking of our collaboration and our partnership, 
the Community Foundation is excited to be collaborating with Parks and Recreation and other philanthropic investors to bring Splash to Charles Young Park, a new and enlarged all accessibilities playground, and it was just open at Charles Young Park. So tell us about that as well as what's coming next with Splash. Yeah, you know, this is so such a cool uh, endeavor. And um, I was looking back at my notes the other day, I think our conversations on this, even from the pilot started in uh, 2015, right, as I came to Lexington Parks and Recreation. So to really see this come to fruition um, has really only been made possible by the support of the Bluegrass Community Foundation and bringing those people to the table. I was at Charles Young actually uh, over the weekend. I went to the playground over the weekend, went to the new DV8 location on uh, 3rd Street near the Met. I'm excited. I'm I'm seeing all these families there, right? And they're bringing coffee from Manchester Coffee Company and they've picked up their breakfast and kids are everywhere. And it's a really diverse group of folks converging on this new playground. Um, and I see that that's speaking to that core mission. Um, you know, it's strengthening the neighborhood. It's bringing the community together. You've got Town Branch Trail that is going to be coming right down Midland and connecting into this park. Um, It'll provide those, you know, continuous biking and walking trails. So important to have that connectivity. Um, so as we, you know, go into our next phase, which is Splash, um, that's going to be a nature-inspired water play within the park. And it's really going to connect that Town Branch Trail and Commons into this new playground, which then leads into the community center at Charles Young. And it's just a really amazing space. It's made possible by that $900,000 collaborative grant from Bluegrass Community Foundation and their involvement of the foundation back in 2016 and 2017 when we did these pilot programs at Northeastern Park. We basically said, look, kids need a place for water play. Let's do some pilots and see how it goes. And we saw a 60% increase in traffic to Northeastern Park by doing these pop-up water plays. Um, so that really, you know, we in, unveiled this great pilot. We did a lot of community engagement. We did resident surveying, you know, Bluegrass Community Foundation then comes to us and says, hey, we think we need to make this happen and make it permanent. Um, so that's what's gonna be happening at Splash. It's gonna be steps away from that newly uh, renovated playground and community center. It's gonna have various water, sensory, and educational components. Um, and right now, we're engaging uh, the designer, and next we'll be engaging the community to what they wanna see in that space um, and how they want this water-inspired nature play to be part of this fabric um, in the East End and at Charles Young. Yeah, so that is such a great story, which we love stories, tangible, real-life stories here at VGCF, and they are, that's, what makes what we do comes to life through our stories, you know? So do you have a favorite story that has impacted you from your involvement at Parks and Recreation? Oh gosh. I know that's hard. hard. That's a hard question. I know. I know. I know. I know. Hundreds. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, but I always think about, I, my background is in the hospitality industry and I always think about how we create memorable experiences for the people who are, in our parks, in our program, uh, riding a horse at Masterson, whatever they're doing, whether that's, you know, kids, grandkids, grandparents, um, you know, new couples, 
um, I think it's really, everyone can tie back, right, to that park moment. Mine as a kid is at Robburn Park in Moorhead, Kentucky, where my family would gather under a shelter. It was, it was one of only two, I think, parks in, um, in Round County at the time. Uh, but we would gather there for picnics and shelters. And, you know, today, I really think about probably my most memorable is Shillito Park and the volunteer playground experience that we had there um, a couple of years ago. About 900 folks in the community came out to help, you know, build a playground over 10 days, uh, which was incredible. And the outpouring of community involvement was just it was phenomenal. So that one holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, for sure. So over the course of our conversation, you've mentioned many different parks and I know that all are unique and special in their own way and every park has its function and its place, but is there a specific park right now that you believe is kind of like a hidden gem that you'd encourage people to go visit? Uh, it's hard to play favorites. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> um, you know, I really have, I've, I love all of them, of course. McConnell Springs is a very special place. Um, and I think it is a special place that maybe a lot of people still don't know about. It's literally downtown, but it provides this wonderful walking natural experience um, and wetlands experience that most people don't find in a downtown environment. So McConnell Springs is always uh, high on my list if I just have a few moments to take a break and need a breath, um, get to experience some nature, get that 20 minutes of, um, you know, outside activity to improve my um, attitude or my uh, mental anxiety that day. Um, you know, there's also, I think, Heisel Park Farm out on Briar Hill Road is a hidden gem that a lot of folks don't go to. Um, it's got wonderful prairie lands for hiking and walking, uh, so a lot to be seen out there as well. Um, and I think, you know, Veterans, Veterans Park, which uh, has a beautiful creek and place to go, you know, for little ones to go wade, uh, wade their feet in and um, experience that, that space is also just another great find for folks in Lexington. So I know there is always a need. That is something we talk a lot about at BGCF, there's always a need. And when one need is met, another one arises. So what can people in the community do to support our parks? Is there a place they can go to to donate or time or where can they go find volunteer opportunities? Shout out all that kind of stuff. Yeah, great. Well, first of all, we want people to be a cheerleader and advocate for our parks. Um, so we, we want folks, um, you know, reminding their neighbors how important their parks are, reminding uh, the folks around them or the people that they work with how important our public parks are to our city and our community health and our neighborhoods. Um, you know, I mentioned it before, but we heard from our residents like never before during the pandemic how people were longing for this outdoor space, and how important it is. We also want people to give us their feedback. You know, we've talked a couple of times about how we've engaged uh, the community or engaged neighborhoods when we're looking at a project or what a program might look like, we need that community input. Um, if the community wants to remain engaged and support our parks, they've got to feel a part of the process. So that is another, another um, thing I want every citizen to feel like they have the opportunity to do and that we're hearing them. Um, all of our volunteer opportunities, and there are many, uh, can be found at LexingtonKY.gov 
just search for Parks and Recreation Volunteers. You can volunteer on our golf courses. You can volunteer to do a one hour event or an all day event. You can bring your company or your um, social group out and do a, um, you know, a couple of hours of volunteer work. We have lots of different ways for people to give back and be a part of each and every park. I love it. Well, I learned a lot throughout this conversation. So thank you, Monica, for sharing. And we hope our listeners get out there and go enjoy that 20 minutes that you talked about um, just to make their day a little bit brighter and see all our city has to offer. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Kate. And have a great one. Yeah. The Do Good Radio Hour is excited to have Allison Lankford with us today. She's going to share about her experience being the executive director of Town Branch Park and the impact of this exciting project coming to our downtown here in Lexington. So welcome, Allison. Hello. Hi, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Of course. So for those who don't know, and I even want to know more details about this because it's so awesome, but describe your involvement with Town Branch Park. What is it? The amenities, the location, all of the all of that. Yeah, so Town Branch Park is going to be uh, a new 10 plus acre park right in the park, right in the heart of downtown adjacent to the newly expanded and renovated uh, Rupp Arena and Convention Center. Um, and so it, it'll have a great lawn that it can hold about 5,000 people on blankets or seats with a stage that can hold uh, our local arts organizations, but also national and regional acts that might come into our community. It'll also have a, a wonderful play area for children, both traditional uh, playground, but also a, a water play area, a dog park, and just a number of other great amenities for our downtown core, but really a regional draw. And it's all centered around our Town Branch Creek, which is the creek that Lexington was originally founded on. And it already daylights in the, in the parking lot that will become Town Branch Park. Um, after that point, it goes down into culverts under our road system in the downtown area. So because it had already daylights, we're able to expand it and restore that st uh, stream bed to make it a major feature in the park. That is amazing. I don't know if you all have this yet, but I didn't know if you had a projected date when this will be finished or if that's like up in the air still. I'm just so anxious to see what this yes. is like. Well, it's a moving target a little bit. We are absolutely committed to opening by no later than 2025. Um, but we believe it, it could be a little bit sooner than that or, or kind of right around that time frame. The future park site is now the staging area for the expansion of the um, convention center in Rupp Arena. And so they have to wrap up their project before we can move in. We also are working through the design process right now, kind of in those last stages of that, um, and have a little bit more money to raise, but everything is still on track for that no later than 2025 opening. Awesome. The plans for this project are incredible, as you've talked about, and an unprecedented opportunity. I feel like you all, I was looking at your website and that phrase was used often, which I love, for the city of Lexington. And so what role will Town Branch Park play in the health of our community? How will it spur us forward? Well, you know, parks, um, there's been so many studies and research that show that green space 
literally reduces negative health outcomes. And so, especially when you're talking about right in the heart of a, a city or community, where sometimes there's less green space opportunities, it, it's, it's really critical. And I think over the last uh, two years during the pandemic, I think as a nation or really a world, we uh, learned to appreciate those public spaces more than ever before because it was the only place really you could go and find a sense of community safely. And so um, those benefits have always existed in green space. They've just become, I think, much more, um, we've all become much more aware of those. And so I think love for and interest in green space has only grown during these kind of challenging times. Mm -hmm. Why is the development of equitable green spaces and parks important? You know, how are you in your role as ED, which is obviously a very big deal, what are you doing to make this a reality for such a, I think you call it the living room. It's going to be like the living room of downtown, which I, I thought that phrase was great. But how how are you making this an equitable green space, which is so important? You know, I think a urban park right in the heart of a downtown has a unique um, opportunity. While our community parks and neighborhood parks are, are so important to the vitality of those who live near them and even those who might visit them, uh, a downtown park in the heart of the city, I think, has a unique opportunity to bring people from all backgrounds and all areas in our community together in one place and to interact in ways they might not otherwise have the opportunity. If I, I have two daughters and if I bring them down to the playground and I'm sitting next to uh, another family from the other side of town who also brings their children to that playground, we likely will strike up a conversation and it might be a conversation we otherwise might not have. And so we understand that about the power of particularly an urban green space. And we wanna make sure that everyone feels welcome um, in the park, they see themselves in the park, that it's a place for them. And it really truly is that kind of comfortable community living room um, that causes interactions and conversations that just don't happen anywhere else. Mm -hmm. I really love this next question because it kind of flips everything on its head. So what is a misconception that you often hear that mm. you want to kind of combat about community parks? Something that you want to say, people usually say this, but this is actually the truth. As we are in the community and, and talking to folks uh, in order to try to make this an inclusive space, you know, there are a few things that come up again and again um, of concerns and questions. One is, is there enough parking around the future Town Branch Park site? And the second one is people are concerned about safety. And the truth of the matter is, you know, parks are safe. Um, we only hear the few stories that um, and don't hear kind of the everyday use of parks and how um, safe they are in such a community treasure. But another thing, we're taking that a step further to ensure that this space is, is really um, maintained and overseen to really the highest standard. This will be Lexington's first true park conservancy, which means there'll be a nonprofit organization that's overseeing um, the programming of the space, but also operations and maintenance. And what that means to us is that we'll have 24 hour 
security in the space, that there will be things that are approved um, use and function in the space, and there'll be things that are not. And so um, we think that that not only helps people to feel safe in public space, but it also does enhance their safety. And so that is a, a seriously important to our staff and our board um, and something that we know people are concerned about and, and we plan to address in a, a really positive way in Town Branch Park. Mm -hmm. How long has this project been in, in play? Really long before my time. So okay. uh, really, uh, there's been conversations of um, uncovering and daylighting more of Town Branch Creek for years and years and years. But this project really uh, came about in around 2013 when they did an international design competition for um, creating better trail space and parks in downtown Lexington. And so the winning... Uh, proposal was the Town Branch Commons proposal and that in about in 2016 uh, at that time I worked at the Community Foundation and we became involved in the project really because our involvement in the Legacy Trail several years back and um, as we helped to develop a business plan for really moving that 2013 winning proposal forward um, we decided to separate the trail project from the park project. Both projects are moving forward. If you visit our downtown right now, you can see that the trail is fully underway, under construction, but the city oversees that on a day-to-day -day basis. And that was funded through federal transportation, federal and state transportation dollars. We knew that the park back in 2016, that we would need, um, charitable gifts or philanthropy to really fully realize the vision of the park. And so that's when we begin to incubate the nonprofit that now is a standalone nonprofit uh, to oversee the project. And that's when I became involved. And in 2003, we moved from being a fund of the Community Foundation to a standalone nonprofit. I love that. And I thank you for making that connection between BGCF and this project, which is so yeah. important. Um, the reason why I ask that question is, you know, here at BGCF, we're all about stories and sharing and the impact of investment. And so do you have a favorite, I know this is hard, but do you have a favorite story that has maybe impacted you from your involvement with this project and kind of been there and you're seeing it come to life, which is so exciting? I do. Um, it's one that kind of keeps me going because with any kind of major community project like this it's a little bit of a roller coaster ride and so going I, I i go back to this story again and again for kind of motivation and inspiration but early on in the process um, we were getting community feedback on the project and programming and uh, we did a exercise with maxwell elementary school which is a Spanish immersion school. And it is a highly diverse um, group of students there. And so that is one of the reasons we selected that location. And so we were doing a um, conversation kind of like on the table, but for youth. 
And we were asking about what they would like to see in their parks, what they would like to see in their neighborhood, and even bringing it down to what you want in your backyard, because that sometimes is a little bit more relatable. When you make it too big and broad, it can become overwhelming, I think, to, to kids. But this question was, what would you like to see right in your backyard? And um, we went around the table. I was facilitating this conversation of this particular table. And, you know, they were coming up with just really fun, creative things. The first little boy said he would like a bigger pool. I think his neighborhood had a pool in it and he wishes it was a little bigger. And another kid was like, oh my goodness, you have a pool in your neighborhood. And then, you know, someone at swing sets or trampolines and kind of the things that you might imagine. But one little boy was very quiet and he didn't speak. And I didn't immediately call on him, but kind of let him just listen and participate. But as we got to the end of the conversation, I specifically asked him, I said, what would you like to see in your backyard? And he said, I, I guess I'd like to have more grass. And I still, I've told this story a lot and it still makes my eyes tear up because um, that really impacted me and the importance of green space to everyone in our community. You know, we, we all come from different backgrounds, but at the end of the day, we all need space um, where we can play and recreate and connect to people. And so, um, when the days get long or hard, I, I think of the little boy who wanted just some grass in his, in his backyard. And we are going to build a world-class green space for him and all of those students, but really our entire community. Oh man, that is a good story. I was going to ask you another question, but I think we need to end on that. That is so good. <laughs> <laughs> so how can people support the future of this and getting us all more grass um tom branch park where can they find you your website where to donate all of that so our website is really simple it's at townbranchpark.org um, you can sign up to receive our e-newsletter which will give you kind of up-to-date big news um, that we're celebrating or, or opportunities to engage with us on the design or programming plan you also can follow us on Facebook or Twitter for kind of like a, a more regular update on things or to connect with stories that we think are impactful or relevant to the future Town Branch Park. So those are both good ways. We're always looking for people to um, be great advocates for the park and, and keep um, showing their support and enthusiasm and interest in, in it becoming a reality. and we're still fundraising. So we uh, no gift is too small. We celebrate gifts of all sizes because to really be the community's living room, we want everybody to feel like they have an opportunity to invest in it. So you can also uh, donate directly online or contact us for larger gifts. And all of that is on our website. And another connection we have is that you, Town Branch Park is also gonna be in the Good Giving Challenge. That That's right. This will be our first year in the Good Giving sure. Challenge. So I'm excited. Yeah. So stay tuned for that as well. Come support them and match your dollars even more for Tom Branch Park this year. And That's right. That's going to be fun. I encourage everyone to go look up Tom Branch Park and see how you can get more involved. Thank you so much.
It's time to hear from Brandy Peacher, Director of Project Management in the Office of the Mayor for Lexington. And we are continuing our focus on parks and green spaces. And with Brandy's involvement of the many projects under the umbrella of Town Branch Commons, and we just want to hear from her and its impact on the city of Lexington. We're super excited about that. So, hey, Brandy, tell us more about you and what you do. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate the time to talk today. I'm a huge, huge advocate for our green spaces and our trails in Lexington. And uh, I have the pleasure of working out of the mayor's office to help oversee the catalytic project of Town Branch Commons. And um, just for clarity's sake, uh, Town Branch Commons is actually in partnership with the city and a private entity. And so at the city, we are tasked with overseeing the trail and the trail through downtown runs Midland Avenue to Vine Street and then connects up behind Rupp Arena to what is planned to be the future Town Branch Park. And so Town Branch Park is also under this district of Town Branch Commons, but that is overseen by a private entity. Um, and they are fundraising and designing, will build and operate and maintain the park, while the city does the same for the trail and any of our public parks along that spine. So um, I'm happy to answer any questions about the trail, the, the series of parks in downtown and, and how this all came to be. So yeah, let me know what you wanna know. Yeah, so go, if you can, go into more just about Town Branch Commons and its and its purpose for the city, maybe the origin and how long it's been um, in, in service for the city, all of that. Sure. Um, you're really making me sweep out the cobwebs right now because <laughs> the project really has been underway for quite some time uh, since around 2010 or so when it was conceived. Um, so if, if I were to give the quick cliff notes of how this all came about, the Rupp Arena uh, Arts and Entertainment District did a master plan. And from that master plan, their designers were bright enough to look beyond the building envelope of the convention center in Rupp Arena and say, our civic investment is, is beyond these walls. And so they, after talking with a lot of locals here in Lexington, um, had learned that there was this concept of Town Branch Commons. And so they proposed that. And after that, uh, coming to light with that plan, the city, along with the Downtown Development Authority, Bluegrass Community Foundation, uh, the University of Kentucky, we hosted an international design competition. And that's what got this whole thing uh, really kicked off. And so we were lucky to secure Scape, landscape architects out of New York City, and they have been the masterminds behind this concept of, of this linear park, really. I mean, we call it a trail, but it truly is more than that, as we are trying to bring a little bit of that rural bluegrass feel that we're known for in, uh, in our farmland and bring a bit of that downtown. Uh, so the system itself is exciting because you have this uh, more uh, robust public space around a trail system, but you're also able to connect to our growing county-wide uh, trail system as well. So once Town Branch Commons is done, it fills that 
gap, that need for a central hub of our trail system. And uh, you'll be able to access 23 contiguous miles of dedicated bike and pedestrian trails once this is done in 2022. And as we know, that's still growing. Legacy Trail is open, Townbridge Trail is continuing to develop for the West, and we have many more going out uh, Brighton or out Taith Creek or, you know, any direction in this county will be able to connect through downtown once this project is done. So um, it's, it's an exciting transportation project, but I think what really gets me excited is about the public space investments that I'd, I'd really like to share more about too. Yeah, of course. Go ahead. I would love to hear it too. Okay. <laughs> so um, if you're traveling along Midland Avenue or Vine Street, these areas have not really been the most welcoming to bikers or pedestrians in the past. And that's just because we've put the vehicle first for so many years. And so with Town Branch Commons, we're really looking at all components in our urban realm equitably. So that means whether you're in a car, you're on foot, you're on bike, or if we're even looking at our stormwater management or our urban ecology and our canopy of trees in downtown, we're looking at all of these components as equal items to invest in. And so when this is all done, and if you if you walk or drive the corridor right now, you can tell a lot is done. It's so exciting. Planting started going in yesterday, and it's really starting to come to life. But when it's all said and done here um, at the end of 2022, you will see that we've narrowed the lanes. We haven't reduced the number of travel lanes for cars because we know it's important, but we've reduced the size of those so that people slow down, they pay attention. Uh, but that space that we have saved is then allocated to the side of Town Branch Commons. So there's adequate space for you and I to walk side by side with our partner, with our friends. At the same time, people can bike. People of all abilities um, can use these facilities. And not only that, we are connecting so many neighborhoods in downtown of all different types of people uh, through through this corridor and connected them right downtown to our commercial core. So it's, it's an exciting project that does more than just put a trail through the heart of downtown. Yeah, totally. And just hearing you talk, it's obvious that you're very knowledgeable and invested in this project. So I like this next question because it's kind of flips things on its head. But I know you hear everything under the sun when it comes to perceptions and opinions about you know, our parks and how we connect our neighborhoods through trails and all of that, um, being involved with the, with the government. So do you happen to have a misconception that you often hear um, that you would like to combat, like something you'd like to shed a light on that not a lot of people may know or may think they know, but actually are wrong? <laughs> well, I laugh because specific to this project, um, I constantly have to combat the perception of everyone thinking Town Branch Commons is going to be uh, a navigable river, uh, you know, a waterway that's through downtown. Um, so just to kind of backtrack a little bit, Lexington historically was founded upon the banks of Town Branch, which is a creek, which is a stream. And it was our lifeline when our city was founded. But over the years, it was built over it was uh, put into large pipes underground, and it helps to um, 
serve as our stormwater management system. So it's very important to us still today. And it runs beneath your feet when you're when you're going along Midland Avenue and Vine Street. And so I, I people still think that we're going to be a San Antonio River Walk. And believe it or not, San Antonio's project started with much less water present than even what we have in Town Branch in our storm system. Uh, but it was all man-made. But just to clear up that misconception, I constantly have to tell people, no, we're not going to have a small stream through downtown. You won't be able to put a boat into it. But we're using the pathway of that historic stream as the route for the trail system. And so that's how we're going to um, really put an emphasis on that water system. Everything that we're building along this pathway is built in a way to collect rainwater and to uh, reduce the amount of flooding in the area. Uh, so we're trying to do that more responsibly and set a precedent for ways to do that in the urban, urban environment. And um, also you'll find we are incorporating water fountains, like recirculating features that you can experience water on Midland Avenue, um, but it will not be the Town Branch Creek itself. Uh, and the reason for that is you can imagine water that runs off the streets and roads. It's not the healthiest and cleanest water uh, right away. So we wanted to incorporate these recirculating fountains as a way to educate people uh, about our countryside, our water systems, but also have it in a, in a healthy manner that we can manage for all users. So that may not be the misconception you were uh, thinking of, uh, but that's definitely one I have to constantly uh, tell people uh, about as I'm presenting. Yeah, no, and I love that, like I said, that piece of history that you said, and I've also interviewed someone from Tom Branch Park, which is really cool because you all are very connected with each other. And so having both of your all's perspectives and stories will be great for this specific episode. So that's great. Yeah. But um, so going on, it's obvious with you talking that you're involved in obviously in the connection of so many different types of people and neighborhoods and all these different facets of our community. And at BGCF, we love the why behind the story, you know, like why invest, why get involved, why is this important? And that's truly the heart of every venture that we do here at BGCF. So why are you specifically invested in this story? Why have you decided to dedicate your time to making all these things that you're talking about become a reality? That's a great question. And it really gets to the heart of why I think anyone who works in the public realm is doing anything. I mean, I laugh and say my day to day on the project right now is looking at concrete being poured or a paver being set in place or talking about bike racks, but that's just the physical things that we're building. But to me, that is not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal and reason why we're building and investing in the town branch commons and in our public spaces throughout the city is because of our people and because of community. Um, it has been shown time and time again, and I think we all can reflect upon this looking over the past couple of years with the pandemic, how important public space that is high quality, that is safe, that is easily accessible from your home is a way to help us not only get out of our homes, help our mental, uh, mental and physical health, but also in a time of social distancing, it is a way for us to still connect with our neighbors and our friends. Um, and so I think we're going to still see the ripple 
uh, of that effect, you know, on, for years to come. I think those of us in the industry of public spaces knew that was the reason for investing in public spaces, but now I hope that everyone is seeing how important they are to our livelihood and to um, the success of our neighborhoods and uh, being able to connect with, with one another, even when we're not, we don't know each other. Just stumbling upon a stranger and getting to know each other in spaces like this is so important. So I care more about the people and what happens in those spaces, um, but we got to build them first. Yeah. And with just hearing you speak about that just now, it seems kind of ironic, maybe is the right word, but you know, obviously this pandemic and COVID-19 where these parks and green spaces are so important for the livelihood of the individual. It just seems like such a fitting thing that all of this in our city with parks and green spaces is coming to life. It just seems um, ironic, I guess you could say, but also really cool that we're um, investing in obviously such a great need, especially now. So um, just for a personal element um, before we end here, I just wanted to know if personally for you, if there was a particular part of Time Branch Commons or the trail or a park, a specific green space in Lexington that you particularly enjoy visiting. Hmm. Well, I, I mean, I'm really excited about the whole project, but I personally am very uh, attached to the Med Midland Avenue corridor. I think it's really going to be the corridor that you see the most positive change. And one from visually, it'll be more appealing and uh, inviting for those entering downtown. But two, uh, we're creating safe crossings across Midland Avenue. It's been such a speedy highway for so long that I think this is so important for being able to connect neighborhoods that are have always been divided by this this corridor because it originally was a waterway, you know, of course was a divide, then it was a railroad, and now it's a big roadway. So for us to start to slowly uh, build bridges, not literally bridges, but build connections across Midland Avenue is exciting. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what comes of making those safe connections, as well as the investments that uh, the city is making in uh, the Tumbridge Commons and also in the East End neighborhood right there adjacent to it, particularly the city's investing right now in Charles Young Park. Um, and so it's just an exciting area to see be reinvested in after so many years. And from a personal standpoint, when I was just a young intern, my first project was in the East End neighborhood. So I'm kind of coming full circle professionally to get the chance to um, get to see some some transformative projects go on there yeah that's that's a really cool i love full circle things so that's really cool um, so to all the <laughs> listening there's always a way to help always so shout out where people can learn more about town branch commons and how they can get involved somehow sure so to learn more or to uh, reach out to get involved you can check out lexingtonky.gov slash town branch commons there you'll see the history you'll be able to find uh, resources to share visualizations or the story behind all these uh, design elements 
and uh, you'll find that there's a, an email there that you can reach out to us uh, to learn more. Now, I'll be honest, we're, we're building right now, so my mind is still in build mode, but I guarantee working with uh, Division of Parks and Recreation and Environmental Services, there's going to be plenty of opportunity in the future with our uh, volunteer uh, events to help do cleanups or to help do plantings or maintenance of, I mean, nearly two acres of planting areas are going in and we're tripling the number of trees going in along these corridors. So stay tuned for opportunities to help us as we want to make sure that uh, all of these investments survive and uh, that we keep our downtown looking as good as we can. Yes, I love that. Brandy, it sounds like you have a lot going on and have many projects to get to, so I'm sure. Thank you for sharing with us today, and I encourage everyone listening to go check out everything Brandy mentioned and all about the Town Branch Commons. It's a really, really great project. Thank you. All right, everyone, that is it. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you were encouraged by the stories of good happening right here in our community. I definitely know that I am. Make sure you tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. for more good stories and the next installment of the Do Good Radio Hour.